What are you learning? What are you self-reflecting on? How are you growing? Where are you changing? Where are you identifying? I'm weak here. And the same thing keeps occurring. How am I changing that? What are all the things a salesperson needs to know to be successful? The key is whether it's you do things once a day, once a week, once a month, it's that self-reflection and measuring, are you finding that balance? Today on the show, I'm happy to have George Trujillo. He's a data and AI strategist. Previously to this, he had a professional services and technical training company for 12 years. In life, it's sometimes we have to make a short-term decision because of the demands. Over time, if we're just focusing on short-term results, what type of life are we going to have? There has to be a balance of looking at what, how do the docs connect? What, what is it that I'm trying to accomplish in my life? What are all the factors that are important to me? So I've just found that in business and in life, trying to find that balance of a holistic view is very important to success. And I've seen that pattern be very consistent in how do you achieve business outcomes for organizations? What's the balance for you? The balance for me is, that's a great question. I love that question. The balance for me is understanding how the system works, what's working and what's not working. And then how do we drive success in these individual areas to achieve the bigger outcome? So I, I think it's trying to find, am I working on both? Am I weighted too much on the holistic view? Because if I am, I may not be addressing the needs in the time that individual lines of business need. And so it's, I think it's about putting together metrics and put together measurements that you can auto-correct, that you can self-reflect. And I think the key is whether it's you do things once a day, once a week, once a month, it's that self-reflection and measuring, are you finding that balance? For self-reflection, how often are you actually going through that process? It's, I've actually started about a month ago of doing it every day. I found that I have every day, I have the potential for two different days. When I am part of the 5 a.m. club and I wake up at 4.30 and 5, I have three to three and a half hours to really focus on myself. What do I want to work on? How do I improve? Versus if I wake up at 7.30, then I now just start my work day. And when I'm a member of the 5 a.m. 5 a.m. club, I start out with five minutes of gratitude. And then I actually have an Excel worksheet where I have like the seven different areas of my life. So that's that holistic view of balance. And then in each one of those areas, I have different measurements in terms of how much time am I taking spending with my family? How much time am I spending exercising? How much time am I increasing my spiritual self? And when I'm exercising, am I swimming? Am I lifting weights? Am I biking? And so I use that time every morning basically to do at least some level of evaluation. And then what I do is I sum things up at the end of the week. So when I start every new cycle on Monday morning, I can look at what are those numbers the previous week and how do I want to change those numbers for the next week? And I've, I've found that process works very good in my professional life because I have professional metrics up there um, for me as an individual, but I also have my personal and, and life goals in there as well. I mean, looking at something like that every day and then evaluating every week, you're going to make progression and changes. Yeah. And it's funny. I, I, I read a book one time and it was, it's been on the bestseller for a billion years. It's the seven habits of, of successful people. 
And I read that book and I thought, this is a waste of time. I already know all this stuff. But then I thought, am I doing this? And the answer was no. If I did them, would I be more successful? And all of a sudden, I, I seen that book completely differently. And so as time has gone on, and it's taken me longer to get there than I'd like, is, is I found that self-reflection of spending time to look at how you're growing, maturing, how you're spending your time, are you being successful, just makes a tremendous difference in my life. And what, what's interesting is when you do that, I found that my personal happiness and the happiness of my friends and my family goes up well, because I, I hope I'm becoming a better person in that process. Yeah, I hear you on that. It's, it also reminds me of another book, The Miracle Morning, where it's similar to what you're doing every morning, right? Spirituality, reading, self-reflection, and then it kicks your day off properly. And I found that for me personally, I, I can't just have balance. I have to work hard to maintain that balance. I have to work hard to have that horizontal thinking because there's always gravity that will push you away from that. For example, if you're looking at short-term goals or the short-term goals of, of other people or immediate gratification, that's gravity that pulls you away from horizontal thinking. Or when you look at companies, one of the biggest challenges that I see in the IT industry is everybody can't stop going after the shiny new toy. And what's the technology that we need to be using? And there's all these virtual battles wars of attrition of picking technology X or technology B or technology C. And don't get me wrong, picking the right technology is important. I haven't seen that as being the number one factor of success. If you give me the top three choices for a technology, one might have a different level of maturity. Another one might have different levels of capabilities that align more with where I'm at, or it may align better with the investments that I've made up to this point in time. So there might be reasons why I might choose one technology versus another, but to the most part, you can succeed with all the different technologies that you're probably looking at, but which one is going to help me execute better? Which vendor am I working with that is building a better strategic partnership with me to help me execute better? So I found it's not the technology that's made the biggest difference. It's been, how do you help people execute? with that technology that's made the biggest difference. And I'll give you an example. I was working for uh, a very large organization, the one that told me to go talk to the business side of the leadership and find out what their challenges were. And it was a technology company and I was very focused on selling their technology. Here's why our technology is the best. Here's why you need to be working with our technology. But I found that the more I used a holistic and horizontal way of thinking to customers, and I was talking to them about what are your challenges? What are your issues? Where are their impacts? And I was getting a bigger picture and a better understanding of what they were trying to do holistically. I found that all of a sudden I was giving them much better advice and I was giving them much better recommendations. And the last year uh, that I worked at that company, I won two national awards because I was focusing on holistic thinking and not just the immediate transactional results. And if you take a step back and look at that, I believe, as I've said earlier, that applies as much to life as it does what you're trying to do in business and technology. In, in a sales process, this approach, from your experience, does it just work better over the long term? Oh, absolutely. This worked a lot better. I, I think it's night and day. And 
I've worked for a number of different vendors and I've been on the customer side where I've had tons of vendors coming in and the difference is, is night and day. And once again, there's so much pressure to create sales that the gravity can push you into that transactional approach. But I'll give you an example. I was presenting to a bunch of CIOs at, at a New York dinner and I introduced, here's who I am. Here's the company that I'm working for. Here's what we do. And I want to talk to you about the challenges I see in organizations, what they're encountering and what are ways that they're getting through them. And at the end of the presentation, a salesperson at the company I was working at said, George, you should have spent the whole time talking about our company. And I thought, oh, wow, did I make a big mistake? And I asked the leader that was a digital strategy leader for a very large bank. I said, what did you think of that approach? He goes, I loved it. And I said, what did you like about it? He goes, you have to, a company has to sell me on ideas before they can sell me on technology. And I really like the ideas and the approach because when you were talking about problems that we're trying to solve, and that resonated with me. And I've found that I would have vendors come in when I was a VP and talk to me and I'd realize they're just trying to sell me on something. They have no idea the problems that I'm trying to solve, the challenges that we have or the value proposition that I'm looking for. And it's just like you, if, if I'm trying to sell you something, you're gonna, your mind is looking at that very transactional. So you're gonna be looking at costs. You're gonna be looking at licensing. But what if I'm saying, what are you trying to do, Chad? What, what are challenges that you have? What could make you more successful? And all of a sudden, we're now having a completely different conversation. And that resonates because it, it, it always comes back down to people and building that relationship. And, and I will tell you, in one of my roles, I was a VP where all data reported to my office and probably only about 20% of the vendors that came into my office, I felt were really asking me questions to find out what we were really trying to accomplish and was really willing to make an investment and in making me successful. And I think it was probably a lot less than 20%, but let's call it 20%. And those are impactful. And I can tell you that the organizations that were really focused on trying to help us is where all the companies that, that I invested in, because I felt we're building a relationship. They're focused on helping us be successful. And it's interesting that you say that because every salesperson in every company is going to say that they're asking those questions and they care about it. But when you look at the conversations, 80% are transactional. And once again, that's that vertical approach versus that holistic approach. And I'm not saying at the end of the day, you want to make a sale, right? You have to be successful. So you have to find that balance, but you can't be weighted towards one side or the other. And I got some great advice from somebody one time and they said, in five minutes, I can tell if I'm working with the right vendor or not. And I said, how's that? He goes, by the questions that they ask me, the questions they start asking me, I can tell right away if they're the right person in their organization I should be talking to, or if I'm even going to have the right conversation. And I think that's important when one of the things that I do with my directs, and we all know this, but are we really following it? When you introduce yourself at a social gathering or in a business event, what's your elevator pitch? What's short, concise, and will resonate with people? Are you getting really good at that? If you're going to go talk to a company, did you do the time to invest in understanding where this company's at, what they're doing, what's their market, what are their challenges? So you're asking the right questions. And when I was on the other side of the desk, 
I was okay if a vendor didn't know the answers, but they'd say, I, I'd really like to get a better understanding of what you're trying to do. I always valued and appreciated that because it's, wow, they're willing to listen. And so I found when people have really strong conversations with me, I'm going, wow, am, am I doing that? And that comes back to that, that daily or periodic self-reflection. Yeah, I think these are really good points with how sales should be approached. But as you said, there's a balance to all of this. So there's asking those questions and building that relationship, but there does come a point if your job is to sell a product that you need to sell that product. And that so I cool. think I'm personally dealing with that right now, where I'm very strong on the question asking and relationship building side of it. Yet sometimes I care so much about that, and which is because that's my nature, that I never get to the closing point. <laughs> It's yeah. a personal struggle right now, very relatable to this conversation. Yeah. And, you know, I'll tell you that the first time I had a role as a VP, I was going like, am I really ready to do that? What's all the things a VP needs to know? What are all the things a salesperson needs to know to be successful? And a friend of mine said, George, you don't have to know everything. You have teammates that can help you leverage their expertise. And once again, I was thinking the vertical view of me versus who's my team, who are my directs, who are my peers that can help me. And one of the things that, that I would recommend for you and, and everybody else out there is who's really great at what you want to get good at. Can you get a conversation with them? And, and sometimes I'll say, they'll, they'll give all these great answers. I'm going like, wait, I don't know how to apply that. And I'll say, can you give me an example that I can use? And that yeah. approach worked for me. And I found that when we're all growing together and helping each other, that's when I personally start growing. I found I've got three kids and for all the parents out there, we all know that the more love you give a kid, no matter how much love you give, you always get more back. And I've found it's the same thing with knowledge. The more knowledge you give out and the more you're willing to share, you'll always get more. And all of a sudden, let's say you and I are having a cup of coffee and I'm sharing a couple of things and you go, wow, that really resonated with me. Mike, you'd be willing to share some of your secret sauce and say, George, you're talking about X. Here's what I did to really be successful. And all of a sudden we walked away and, and we're both better. Definitely. I believe in that fully. I'm currently producing all my like tactics for lead generation and podcasting. We're going to have a whole episode on how I do it and release that because it's all about just giving it out, giving the secrets out. And you know, it always comes back tenfold. Yeah. And you know, it, I was actually really excited to do this interview and, and have this discussion because I've been, been a big fan of your podcast because Failing to success is, is really important to understand. And I think one of the things that's missing in a lot of areas is people can learn something, but they don't understand the context and the context is where you succeed. And I think of the journeys that people have gone through where they've failed to success. That's what's made them successful long-term. And you've got to go through that journey where people talk about one of the most common things you hear people say is you've got to fail fast to success. Okay, great. But what are you learning? What are you self-reflecting on? How are you growing? Where are you changing? Where are you identifying? I'm weak here. And the same thing keeps occurring. How am I changing that? And so I think yeah. I, I really, two things I, I recommend to everybody is, do you understand the context? And if not, what do you need to understand that context? So if you're, you were talking about salespeople earlier, do they understand the context to have the right discussion with the customer. If you're failing to success, what's the context that you're learning in that process? See, on the topic of learning, you have a book out, I know. So how could our listeners 
find your book or get in touch with you? No, that's a great question. But actually, I'm in the process of, of writing my third book. And it, it's funny, I, I've been on the verge of writing a book for about two years and I keep coming across all these different ideas and then I talk myself out of it. And I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine and he goes, why aren't you writing a book about your superpowers? And I go, what's my superpower? He goes, every role that you've had, you've built really successful, inspired teams. And isn't that one of the biggest challenges that, that organizations are having? And so I'm going to, I'm, I'm still in the process of designing it, but it's going to be about how to build successful teams for digital transformation. And basically a lot of that's going to include how to apply horizontal thinking to your success. Now everybody follow George on LinkedIn. So that way <laughs> when the book comes out, you can know to get it right away. And thank you, George, for coming on the show and everybody for listening to another episode of Failing to Success. Make sure to smash that subscribe button, really smash it. And I'm your host, Chad Kalecki. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.